Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Zach's taking on the most polarizing issues in sports. Which side of the line of scrimmage will he end up on? Offside. Defense number 69. It's onsides, offsides with Zach Gelb on CBS Sports Radio. All right, what do we got today? All right, Zach, just talking about the Pac-12 in Colorado. The Buffs. All right, Zach. That's not like you. Usually I get, all right, Z-man. All right, Z. I don't think I've ever heard you really just say Zach. I don't think I've ever called you Z. I've heard I'll Z before Z from man. you. Yeah. I don't think, I, I'm not a person who just says the one initial. You sure That about feels that? weird to me. Z, okay. all right, Z. Z-man, I love I love a man at you the You go Z-man. I wasn't expecting, though, just, all right, Zach. Okay, Gelb. <laughs> I've never heard you just call me by my last name, I will say. You are not, to me, a last name guy. I oh, I am. Why. Oh, you couldn't be further wrong than that. Yeah, I do. Growing for up. For me, I don't get Gelb vibe. Everyone, Gelb, 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 Big G, Gelb, Big G, Gelb. That's all people would call me. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, mix that in. Mix that in as well. Gelb. All right, Gelb. I, see, but I don't know. So... On the radio, I don't think people just call me Gelb. Like, some callers will call me Gelb. But you know who used to call me Gelb all the time when he would fill in and do onside, offside? And it drove people nuts. Shep, the first time he filled in, he said Gelb, but he said it weird. It was like, Gilb? Like, all right, Gilb. And it was just weird from Shep. How do you butcher Gelb? That's truly Only David Shepard. One of the easiest last names to ever pronounce. I think it was because the way Shep speaks. Like, all right, Gelb. How you doing, Gilb? How you doing? He does whisper. Right. Very literally, very soft spoken. Yeah, like it's not easy when you whisper to say Gilb. Like, all right, Gilb. I don't know. It almost requires you since you're whispering to kind of make it G I L B instead of G E L B. But anyway, you know, judging by Shep's uh, social media behavior in the last day, I, I don't know if you even want to be associated with him. But some of the things he was tweeting out to what was it? Uh, Jason Veritek's uh, wife, I think it was. Did you see these tweets from uh, Shepard? I did. I did. I oh. did. Shep was going after Jason Veritek's wife because she said, bleep you, Kurt Schilling, that wasn't your place. And if you follow that story, I, I think I used to like Kurt Schilling. I used to like him as a radio guest. And then he's just become someone that you can't put on the air. Um, and we're not always going to agree, but it's got to a point where it's just been unacceptable. 
um, and you couldn't justify having him on, but I would love talking baseball with him. But I saw that Kurt Schilling, he revealed that Tim Wakefield has brain cancer and his wife, Tim Wakefield's wife, has pancreatic uh, cancer, which whether he knew from Tim telling him or if it was from a friend, I don't know. I did hear a little bit of the clip. It was unclear. But Kurt Schilling says in the clip, guys, I don't know if Tim wants me to say this, and then reveals that Tim Wakefield and his wife both have cancer. So what a POS Kurt Schilling is. But anyway, um, I just, I thought that was horrible by by one uh, Kurt Schilling. But anyway, let's uh, continue to keep it moving here. Zach Gelb so, Colorado. Hickey, Zach, you want to know part of that conversation? No, and And Hickey I did gave not. me the, Zach, like, shut up and move on to the next topic. You're better than that. That's what Hickey just did there. You know, Hickey keeps me in line. Sometimes I punch back at Hickey. Sometimes I throw the one-two punch at Hickey. But when Hickey gives me the, Zach, it's shut the bleep up and let's keep it moving. So that's what I'll do right now. I will trust Hickey. All hail hot take Hickey. Hickey, right. Hickey, Hickey. Well, let's get back on track. Just like Deion Sanders is trying to get back to the winning ways for Colorado. They host big game here. Number eight USC on Saturday morning, 10 a.m. Local kick. Now, last week, the Buffs were thrashed by Oregon, losing 42 to six. USC does bring to town the number one offense in the country, led by, of course, the reigning Heisman Trophy winner, Caleb Williams. Big spread in this one, just like last week, 21 and a half points. The Trojans are favored by in Boulder. Onsides or offsides? You are taking Colorado and the points this weekend. You remember what I said a few weeks ago? Colorado was going to upset Oregon or USC. No, 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 no. I they said, did not upset Oregon. I said Colorado was going to lose to Oregon. And then I said that Colorado was going to beat USC by a score of 41 to, to 38. So you asked me, am I plusing the points with the Buffaloes? Of course I am. Plus the 21 and a half. I'm learning from Hickey now. Hickey is stubborn until he is wrong. And probably Colorado does not beat USC, but I'm going to stop my feet and I'm going to dig in deep here and I'm going to go down with the Buffaloes, even if that means I get embarrassed after this weekend. Give me Colorado plus the 21 and a half points. So not to an outright plus 21 and a half plus 21 and a half points. And you know what? Bleep it. 41, 38 down go the Trojans. All right. We got a few. I'm learning from you. I'm learning from you. Well, if you really want to learn, put that foot down and say, Colorado, throw away those points outright. Buffs. I, I did. 41-38 buffs. Begrudgingly. No. All right. We got the upset. 41-38. Calling the shot. 41-38. Rick George, the AD at Colorado, has already told the students, do not run in the field. I have really? a hard time thinking that if, wait, if wait, you wait, are wait. right. They got fined, I'm assuming. Yes. That's because of the whole Colorado State running on the field? Yes. So and that I believe was... they ran on the field for Nebraska, too, did they? At least Colorado State, definitely. They did. Because I remember, uh, because of what happened with Coach Prime uh, in the offseason with the... with the uh, Foot surgery. The, yeah, I was going to say the toe surgery. It was basically toe surgery, whatever. If there's a, so many people on the field, he doesn't go to midfield to shake hands. They tell him it's not safe, and he has to go into the locker room right away. Um, and I remember that Matt Rule like ran to him to make sure that they could shake hands uh, after that game. So, but I have a hard time if you are right and it's forty-one thirty to Colorado win. Good yeah. luck telling those students don't charge the field. I think we'll see another pandemonious scene in Boulder. What I was going to say, if 
you are storming the field after beating Colorado State. If you beat USC with the reigning Heisman Trophy winner, you almost have to say bleep off to the AD and storm the field. And I think the AD would be more than fine with it. I feel as if the AD just has to say that. But ultimately, if they're storming the field after a win, I don't think the AD is going to be mad. I would agree. I Give would me my agree theme music. I, can't, I would love to hear that on, on Saturday. Coach Prime in the locker room after the game. Boom, boom, boom. See who else he brings in the locker room. Brought his mother in once. I thought that was pretty neat. That was after the Colorado State game. And I, I don't remember what the connection was with the old, the other older lady that they brought in after the Nebraska game, but those were some uh, good videos there. Anyway, what do we got here? All right, so one college football matchup upset here. Can we get any other uh, upsets in college football this weekend? Let's see. We got number 10, Utah. Four-and-a-half-point underdog at number 19, Oregon State. A Friday night matchup. Good one there in the Pac-12. Is Cam Rising definitely playing? Uh, don't know yet. That's Uncertain. part of the reason why I think that the Beavs are four-and-a-half-point favorites. And that line has actually risen at least one point from what I've seen from yesterday. Maybe Vegas knows well, how weird leaning towards no. We had Kyle Whittingham on two weeks ago. And he made it seem, but right, he's been practicing. And he's made it seem that Cam was very close to returning. And I even gave him the analogy, you're almost as if you're a kid right before Christmas. Christmas Eve, you know, you wake up in the morning and the present's right under the tree. And he kind of laughed and agreed. That's a good analogy. And he didn't play in those two games. And last week, the feeling was he was going to play and then didn't play either. Now, they're still undefeated. So I don't know if that's factoring into the, the conversation as well. But when healthy, Cam Rising is a great quarterback. So the whole thing is is bizarre to me. And maybe they're just going to keep on rolling with what they got until they lose a game? Like, I don't know. It's, I think when Cam Rising's ready, you, you play him, but he's been in practice the last few weeks. Why is he in play? So we'll see about his status. Again, the Utes right now, four and a half point underdogs at number 19, Oregon State. Number 11, Notre Dame, coming off that heartbreaking, gut-wrenching loss to Ohio State. His five and a half point favorites on the road mm-hmm. over number 17, Duke. Number 13, LSU, is on the road against number 20, Ole Miss. Tigers, though, two-and-a-half-point road favorites. And finally, number three, Texas, 16-and-a-half-point favorites at home as number 24, Kansas, comes to Austin. Onsides or offsides, Zach, of those four games you just listed, at least one will result in an upset. So, when you mean upset, you just mean that the, the spread hits, or I'm assuming you mean win the game outright, correct? Win the game outright. All right, so Utah's a four-and-a-half-point underdog at Oregon State. Huh. I think that's a tough spot for DJ Ungaloy up against that Utah defense. But I kind of like Oregon State this week. I don't I don't know why. Coming off a loss, I'll just roll with them. And Utah, those games have been closed the last few weeks. So that would not constitute as an upset because I have Oregon State winning. Notre Dame is a five-and-a-half-point favorite over Duke. That could be an upset, but I would lean Notre Dame winning the game. LSU's on the road against Ole Miss. I'll go with the Tigers of LSU. And then Texas against... I don't like saying there's not going to be an upset because this college football season, you know that there's going to be a lot of upsets, but I'm going to go offsides here when you say there will be at least one upset from the games this weekend. Offside! Let me... Go through that with you right now. You think Utah beats Oregon State? Yes. You do? I do. Okay, so there's your upset. Um, Notre Dame, do they beat Duke? Yes. Does LSU beat Ole Miss? Yes. 
And does Texas survive against Kansas? Survive is the right word. Yes. I think that's going to be a close game. Yes. And Lance Leipold is a heck of a coach. That I would like the Jayhawks plus those points there. I think I don't want to say you could pick any job in the country right now, but I do believe Lance Leipold's one of those guys where if he wants a job, I think he can get it. But if you beat Texas after Texas beat Alabama earlier in the season, that's going to be a lot of national spotlight. And then you start to get in that category of he could really pick any job that he wants in the country um, if it does open up uh, with Lance Leipold, who is a well-respected college football mind. And we know how tough of a job Kansas is. And, right, got there. They were 0-9 with less miles. Then he gets in. They're 2-10. Last year, they go to 6-7. and and this year they're four and zero. And remember, how much did we talk about Kansas last year? And they ended up only being a six and seven team. It shows you how impressive a job was that he got the six wins last year. Absolutely, absolutely. And Michigan State right now, right, a team that needs a head coach. Plenty of others at the end of the year will need a head coach as well. You win a game like this if you are Lance Leipold. Oh, just sweetening that pot. That's for sure. I would throw him the bag, as the kids would say, if I'm Michigan State. And that price only goes up with a win in Austin this weekend. We go to the NFL. Justin Jefferson is a man who is sick of the trade talk. Speaking to reporters today, the All-Pro Vikings wide receiver said this. I'm tired of people saying, you know, we're looking into next season, or, you know, all of the trades and stuff like that. We're, we're focused still on this season. Uh, we have a lot more games to go, and we have a lot more things to accomplish this season. So, uh, I mean, we're still focused in. We still have that same goal as we had before the season. Uh, and we just need to fix a few things, and I feel like we'll be back on track. So onsides or offsides, Vikings fans shouldn't worry that Justin Jefferson could request a trade away from the Vikings. This year? This year. So let me preface this by saying, I don't think Justin Jefferson is going to request a trade in season. I think Justin Jefferson is one of the more genuine superstars and one of the better superstars that we have in the sports world right now, not only on the field, but also the way that he interacts with fans, media, and whatnot. I'm a big fan of Justin Jefferson. But the way that you worded uh, worded it, where you said Viking fans shouldn't worry that Justin Jefferson could request a trade away from the Vikings, um, I would be worried if I'm a Vikings fan. Doesn't mean I expect him to request a trade, but you have uncertainty moving forward at the quarterback position after this season. The team is 0-3, and they have not paid him yet. So until he signs that contract, just naturally as a fan, you worry that he's not going to resign and could potentially leave the team. So I do think that... They should worry. I'm not saying it's panic. I'm not saying it's uh, 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 Justin Jefferson's leaving, but there is a level where you worry. So you say Vikings fans shouldn't worry that Justin Jefferson could request a trade from the Vikings. I would say offside. Offside. I always worry until the deal gets done. An NFC North battle kicks off week four. Do you agree with, with me, by the way, on that one? Um, No, I do think that a deal will get done. I'm not too worried about it, to be okay. honest. That's weird. Usually you have, like, the crazy fan take and... That, I thought that was my like crazy fan take that I'm always going to be worried until the deal does get done. Well, I think the deal will get done. I'm not too worried about it. And that's part of the reason why I think if you're a Vikings fan, rest easy. Don't worry. I'm the voice of reason. I got your back. Yeah. Any words you're holding on to, release them. By the way, um, you know this guy that listens to us every day? And I appreciate him doing so. Uh, Steven in Charlotte. I'm sure you're aware of, of Steven. And she tweets us a lot. Yes. So I've been getting a lot of crazy tweets today. And I've not been able to see a lot of tweets because our Magic Johnson interview blew up and it got uh, brought up on Bleacher Report and, you know, our clip that we put out there, it's going viral. So my mentions are just ridiculous. So uh, the first thing I see when I log on to Twitter 
is actually a tweet from Steven, which is crazy because you think I wouldn't see a tweet that is just from someone listening to the show right now. You would think most of the tweets that are coming on in are from this Magic Johnson report. So he tweeted me, G-E-L-B, like as if he's chanting J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 the Gelpster. And he tweeted me a man that's in a Speedo, very chubby, a lot of man boobs right there, and he's jumping up and down. And this is like an older gentleman in a Speedo who is chunky and is doing like a chant. I don't understand that entire part of the tweet. Maybe it's because of the way that we were making fun of how Shep said my name. But that was a bizarre tweet from Stephen. But I appreciate him listening to us each and every day and each and every night here on uh, CBS Sports Radio. Underscores my point of I don't know how you butcher saying your last name. Very simple. <laughs> four letters. Sound it out. G-E-L-B. You know what a lot of people call? Like the telemarketers? Gleb. <laughs> Is Mr. Gleb home? Yep, I'm here. I've got him bleg before. I don't get how they get there. That's just completely changing around all of it. Uh, that's. I was going to say dyslexia, but I'm not sure if that's even... I mean, if you're taking the G and the B, flipping around that bad. Yeah, I don't know. And you know what Uber drivers call me? You would think Zach is an easy name to pronounce, right? Yeah. Zach. Every cab or Uber I get into. Zach. 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 Maybe, you should, maybe, maybe they're right and you're wrong. Maybe it's been it's Zach eight letters. the whole time. Zach Gelb. And a lot of people mess it up. Like, I understand if you hear Gelb and you thought it was Gelp. Like G-E-L-P or G-U-L-P. Like if you just hear it. But, I don't know, eight letters. And if you see it, how you can't say Zach Gelb. I, you know, whatever. The latest example of when they say uh, the truth is always stranger than fiction. There you go. You could not even put that in a movie and have it be realistic. Well, no one but- could mess up your name, right? Ryan Hickey? I don't see how you look at Ryan Hickey and, and mess that up. That has been so far unmistakable. No one's messed it up. Yeah. Again, you think Gelb, you wouldn't be able to mess up, or Zach, but... Just probably a lot of, like, juvenile, sophomoric remarks on your last name. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Not not, not from Uber drivers, per se. Be a little weird. Um, But, yes, from friends growing up, especially, yes. Heard heard it all. Heard it all, folks. I can promise you that. All right, week four kicks off in about an hour from now at Lambeau Field as the Lions get set to take on the Packers. Jordan Can Lundgren. I just interrupt real quick, Lamar? Sure. When did you realize that your last name was used in like a sexual way? Just wondering. Uh, like, how long in life did it take you to realize that? Third grade, probably. And did you when someone said it to you, and you were like, "What the heck is that?" Yeah, people. I mean, I didn't have an older brother or sister, so I guess mm-hmm. I didn't really, you know, learn as fast as others. So I learned it from classmates who had older brothers, brothers and sisters. Gotcha. So third grade, roughly, and then. The onslaught came from there. Hickey's with his peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Call me Hickey. That's my last name. They're making fun of me. Let me eat some peanut butter and jelly. Let me eat my PB&Js in peace. <laughs> the kids in elementary school did not want to do that. <laughs> Jordan Love has gotten Green Bay off to a 2-1 start this year and has orchestrated the biggest fourth quarter comeback in team history last week, leading the team back from a 17-0 deficit to beat the Saints. Now, Detroit enters this game 2-1 and one as well and are two-point road favorites. Onsides or offsides, the Lions will beat the Packers tonight. Go, Pack, go! I like Green Bay to win 27-24. So you ask me, the Lions will beat the Packers. Offsides! Offsides!
And finally, last but certainly not least, the toilet bowl this weekend. Pets the Broncos and Bears facing off against each other with both teams trying to get their first win of the season. It's been a brutal start for Sean Payton with the defense taking a massive step backwards. And it's been anything but smooth right now for the Bears, including Justin Fields struggling mightily so far through three games. Onsides or offsides, the Broncos need a win more than the Bears. Oh, this is the easiest question you ever asked me, onsides. Like, does anyone ever care if the Bears lose anymore? We know the Bears suck. The Broncos, I'm not saying anyone thinks they're good. But if you are Sean Payton and you talk that much smack this offseason and you start off 0-4 and look worse than what transpired last year with the Daniel Hackett, oh, that's a rough Monday if the Broncos end up losing to the Bears. Where's your confidence in the Broncos this weekend, Mr. Bronco himself there in Hot Take Kiki? You said they were going to win 12 wins before the season started? Uh, I will say 70%. Oh, that's pretty high. The Bears stink. The Bears are the worst team in the NFL. With that said, I can't go 90, 95, 100, because right now this defense is terrible. This is, so you know how last week we identified that Vikings-Chargers could end in a tie? This is a game this weekend. That could end in a tie. And another game that could end in a tie, I think, this weekend um, are the Vikings and Panthers. That could be a tie type of game, too, where even when the Vikings don't lose, they still find a way to tie. So those are the two games that I've identified this weekend that there's going to be a tie in the NFL. Those could be the two tie games. But Broncos need to win more than the Bears. Yeah, 100% on sides. All righty, Zach Gilb, show CBS Sports Radio. That is onsides, offsides. Stream the NFL on Westwood One for free. Sponsored by AutoZone all season long. You can listen to every Westwood One broadcast of the NFL live on the NFL app by asking Alexa to open Westwood One Sports or on the Odyssey app. Get in the zone, AutoZone. AutoZone's free battery testing and charging is available for free at your local AutoZone. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Restrictions apply. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H track all wheel drive and three row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to The Zach Gelb Show. All righty, this is Zach Gelb Show on CBS Sports Radio. In terms of pressure this weekend in the NFL, 
who's the team that's under the most pressure, right? There's pressure on the Broncos to beat the Bears. You can't start off the season 0-4. There's pressure on Jacksonville, who's off to a sluggish start at 1-2, and and their only win was up against the Indianapolis Colts. I know the Colts are 2-1, but they're not a good football team. And you play Atlanta, who has been up and down as well. Uh, I think there's a lot of pressure tonight on the Detroit Lions going up against the Green Bay Packers. You look around the rest of the league, there's pressure on Cincinnati to beat Tennessee, to even up your uh, record to go from 1-2 and two to go to 2-2. Two and two. Uh, You take a glance at a team like, uh, you know, I'll give New Orleans a pass just because we don't know what's going to happen with Derek Carr. If Derek Carr plays, I would say then there's pressure on New Orleans, even though you're going up against a good Tampa Bay team. But it's one of those games where if you're the Saints coming up that loss to the Packers, and then if you lose again and you're supposed to be the favorite to win this division and you lose to another team that's in your division in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, then you're going to have a lot of questions about the New Orleans Saints. Sure, there's pressure on Minnesota to get in the win column. Uh, Looks like Bryce Young is going to play, but you just have more talent on the offensive side of the ball uh, with the Minnesota Vikings offense where you should be able to outscore the Carolina Panthers. Clearly, there's pressure on the Steelers. you got to take care of business up against a scrappy young Houston Texans team. I think there's pressure on the Chargers this weekend. Uh, The Chargers got off to a slow start. They were lucky to win the game and avoid the stupidity of their coach last week in uh, Brandon Staley up against the Vikings. Now you play the Raiders. There's no reason to believe in the Raiders. So you look around pressure in the NFL. The team that I actually think is under the most amount of pressure this weekend, and it's not a team that I named yet, and this team very well can easily lose this weekend. They could easily lose this weekend, but I do think the Bills have the most pressure on them this weekend. Because when you look at the Buffalo Bills, for a while they were that team to be the team picked to go win a Super Bowl or be in that Super Bowl hunt. And then week one, you lose to the Jets when Aaron Rodgers gets hurt in the game. Then you had the last two weeks, big-time blowout victories up against the Raiders and the Commanders, but the Raiders aren't a good team. And the Commanders are a solid team, but they're not this force of a football team, this juggernaut of a football team. But now you have the Dolphins, where it's clear after three weeks of the NFL season the Pats aren't going to be able to contend in the AFC East. If you couldn't figure that out before the start of the year, I don't know what you were expecting. Uh, the Jets are not going to be AFC East champions because you don't have Aaron Rodgers. So this is a two-team race between the Bills and the Dolphins right now inside the AFC East. And I think the Dolphins are the better team. I think the Dolphins are going to win the AFC East this year. I said that before the year started. But with that being said, not that there is a lot to gain this season from the regular season if you're the Buffalo Bills because – They're one of those teams that have been thrown in the conversation of let's see if they can get the job done when it means something with how close they've been the last few years. But if you lose to the Dolphins this weekend, which is definitely possible, right? You look at the three times they played last year. Dolphins beat the Bills when it was in Miami. You lose a close one towards the end of the season in Buffalo. And then the last game of the Dolphins season, which was in the uh, playoffs, they had Skylar Thompson. They almost went into Orchard Park and walked out with the victory. So it's not like the the Bills are this lock this week up against the Dolphins, but if the Buffalo Bills lose to the Miami Dolphins, it's once again going to be the Dolphins are the best team in the AFC East. The Dolphins right now look like they're the best team in the AFC, and maybe some could argue that they're the best team in the NFL. I still side uh, with Philadelphia and the 49ers before I go to Miami, but Miami, as I said yesterday, for me, is the third-ranked team in the NFL through the first three weeks of the season. But 
if you are Buffalo and you lose this game, everyone's going to see SAC two and two after the first two game, uh, first uh, four games of the season, a team that's good, but not a team that's going to find a way to get over the hump and find a way to get to the Super Bowl. So Hickey, when you look at all the matchups this weekend, within reason, you know, like obviously there's pressure on the 49ers to not lose to the Cardinals. The Cardinals have been scrappy, but is anyone picking the Arizona Cardinals to win that game outright, even if it's a divisional game? I am not. Um, And I think the 49ers, they're going to win, and they're going to win big this week. But when you look at all the matchups, who's the team under the most pressure this weekend? I go to Buffalo, because if Buffalo wins, you can kind of hold off everyone's conversation now that, hey, Buffalo's not going to win the AFC East this season. I should go the other way. I think it's the Dolphins. Even though they've been everyone's darling offensively for the first three weeks. Wait, I, time out. Just to clarify, under all the teams this week, the Dolphins are the most, the team under the most pressure to win this weekend. Is what yes, because I think they have the most okay. to lose. With how great they've been so far, I think people can look at the schedule of, well, the Chargers are 1-2, and two, not very good, Patriots are not very good, and the Broncos stink. And now you play a real division opponent on the road, and if you put up 20 points, 24 points, and lose 31-24. Are we really going to be be, crushing the Dolphins? I don't think we would be. I think there would be people losing doubt or questioning the legitimacy of their start. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I don't. If it's a close game and a respectable game for the Dolphins and they lose by a field goal or they lose by seven points, I don't think people are crushing the Miami Dolphins on Monday because the Dolphins do play the Bills again later in the season, and I don't think anyone right now is expecting the Dolphins to win both of these games up against the Buffalo Bills, but if they go into Orchard Park and they lose 31-24, to sure, it's not anywhere close to the 70 points that they put up the week prior or the week one performance where they put up uh, 36 points against the Chargers, but to lose by less than a touchdown to the Bills, I don't think that's a reason why we need to all of a sudden reevaluate the Miami Dolphins and say, up. Uh, let's panic with Miami. They're not actually that good. I'm, I'm, I'm actually fascinated by that take, and I want to hear you further explain it. No, I'm not saying panic, but I'm, I think questions will absolutely arise more than anyone else losing. I'll go back to last week with the Cowboys. Now, different opponent. Cowboys were everyone's, different. everyone's darling the first two weeks. Dominated the Giants. Dominated the Jets. Defense was tremendous. Yeah, but it's the Offense Cardinals. Offense was rolling. You lose to the Cardinals. Now the world is falling. We've seen good teams lose to bad teams before. It's not unprecedented. But the Bills aren't a bad team. In the NFL. I'm not saying the Bills are a bad team. They're really good. I'm saying the point is, despite the fact that everyone could not stop gushing about the Cowboys the first two weeks, they lose one game and now all of a sudden questions are, oh, how good are they? How legit are they? Yeah, but that's not apples to apples. If you are the Dolphins and you lose to the Bills, again, they have been the Bills, right? have been right now the, the kings of the division. It's been their division to lose since... Tom Brady left New England. Now, all of a sudden, it's, well, the, the Dolphins were great, but can they get over the hump to win the division? I think questions come if they go to Buffalo and lose on Sunday. If I would have told you before the start of the season, the Miami Dolphins would have been 3-1 and one through the first four games. They play the Chargers, the Pats, the Broncos, and the Buffalo Bills. You would have signed up for that, right? A lot of people would sign up for that. And I'm not saying the, uh, the Dolphins are a bad team, but also, as we know, expectations change once you start to see the team in action. And so now if you are an offense that's putting up video game numbers left and right and you go to Buffalo and lay an egg, I'm telling you Monday there'll be questions. But, but that's not what you said. Laying an egg is different. The seven, you said seven points. You said, what, 31 to 24? That's, that is not, I need 20, to go. 24 points for this offense is, would, be a, would be a disappointment. Don't get me wrong. This offense has been amazing through the first three weeks of the season, but they're not the old seven Patriots, okay? They're, they have been great. They've been phenomenal. They've been flawless. 
um, you know, the first two of the games. And up against the wing, they did not play this great offensive game. Um, Raheem Mostert had a nice game uh, in that performance. But it was like the offense was was sensational up against the Pats. But if they lose 31-24, to 24, I, I just don't have it in me to then all of a sudden say, you know, give us a call, 855-212-4CBS. How worried are you? Or where do you think the Miami Dolphins are heading? I would be very happy if I was a Dolphins fan. You know, yeah, you want to win the game this weekend, but if you're 3-1 and one after the first four weeks and you lose by a touchdown to the Buffalo Bills, like, yeah, you're not thrilled that you lose to the Buffalo Bills, but it's not as if I don't think this team is capable of still doing big things. It's also the Buffalo Bills are, are a really damn good football team. Well, on that note, on the flip side, then why are the Bills in your mind then the team that has to, you know, has the most to prove in the sense that you picked the Dolphins to win the division? So it's mm-hmm. not like you even had high, you know, high, high, high expectations for the Bills. Oh, very simple. Because why the Buffalo it? Bills have been knocking on the door the last few years. I don't know how much longer the window is open for the Buffalo Bills to go win a Super Bowl. If you are the Buffalo Bills after an offseason of chaos with Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen and Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean and you open up the season where the Bills will tell you they still expect to win the AFC East, right? A lot of people, including yourself, picked the Bills, and I was in the minority picking the Dolphins to win this division, but still, even with the Jets making a lot of noise, still people picked the Buffalo Bills. If you lose this game to Miami, where last year you didn't even play all that great one time up against Miami, even though you had two wins against them compared to one loss through the first four weeks of the season for Buffalo— That doesn't show me that that's a team that is anywhere close to moving in the right direction. If you lose to the Jets without Aaron Rodgers and your two wins are the Raiders and the Commanders, who I like, but they're not a great team, and then your first legit test against the Dolphins you lose, it further allows the speculation to continue that the Buffalo Bills, their opportunity to go win a Super Bowl, that may have shut before anyone thought that window was going to shut because the Bills faced a lot of scrutiny. You know, heading into the season of just questions where no one thought they were a bad team. They all thought they were good. A lot of people thought they could win the AFC East. But that's not why you play. You play to go win a Super Bowl. And there's only so many more opportunities the Bills are going to have with this core to go win a Super Bowl. So that's the way that I would explain that. It is Zach Yelp Show on CBS Sports Radio. We will uh, take a break. When we come on back, I want to circle back in on the hoops from yesterday. With uh, Damian Lillard, Dame Dollar time going to Pfizer Forum with the Milwaukee Bucks. You got Bucks lost. What does this mean, though, this deal for one other prominent player in the league? And could he have finally seen something that makes him say, hmm, I need to now go request a trade? We'll get into who that player is next. K.J. Wright from the Seahawks will join us coming up 22 minutes from now at the top of the hour at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. And uh, now sitting to the left is a man that did play-by-play for the Yankees. How many weeks was that? Two weeks ago? A couple of weeks ago. Was that really now a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, it kind of flew by. I I keep getting further and further away from from that weekend. So whenever we had to be like locked up in a house when uh, COVID first hit in 2020, I just lost all sense of time. So whenever I don't really know when something happened, I go, it seems recent, like two weeks ago. That is Zach Gelb's way of saying that could be literally two weeks ago, or it could be probably like at most anywhere like two months ago. No, especially when you're doing different things every day. Yeah. Like, it could have been last weekend, or it could have been three weeks ago. Well, I'm not going to ask you a stupid question here. Clearly, the experience was awesome, but kind of just describe you're doing play-by-play for the legendary uh, New York Yankees on WFAN in New York. You were in Pittsburgh, I, Pittsburgh. I believe. 
uh, with the uh, uh, with the Yankees going up against the Pirates. I know the Yankees stink this year, and they've been just a disappointing and a bad, lethargic baseball team. But with all those things being said, to kind of make this like into a good story, Emmanuel Bari, a guy that I've known for a long time, right behind the microphone with Justin Shackle, who used to do my weekend overnight updates. Right. So that's cool to see you two both doing your thing, but kind of just take us through and describe what you were feeling when you're doing those games. And then once the stretch of games ended and you got to reflect on what the three or four games that you did. Right. Right. It was really cool. Like the way I look at it is once I was calling the game and in the flow of calling the game, it, you know, the cliche, any yeah. other game, it's like any level you're doing it at. That's sort of more or less what it felt like, but then there were moments within the game where I would stop and kind of look around the ballpark and look around my surroundings and be like, wow, this is a Yankee game. I'm calling the Yankee game on the fan. So then I was like, whoa, and it was like a pinch me moment. (laughs) But yeah, once I got into the rhythm, it took away the the nerves aspect of it because it was just calling a baseball game at that point. Hickey, by the way, I I always knew Emmanuel Babari had a great voice, but now like just sitting here, talking about this and just hearing him talk about things that aren't play-by-play things, you could, like, narrate people's lives. Well, didn't we do the – we did the NFL Films thing a few weeks oh, ago on yeah, here. Oh, yeah, that's right. Well, that was more than a few weeks ago. Now you just did right. one of me. That's now, like, that probably was, like, three, four months ago. That probably was a couple months ago at this point. It feels like a few weeks ago. But, Hickey, I don't know. Like, just him speaking, I have, like, a chill going up my spine here. It's kind of crazy, this voice. A very strong voice you have, Emmanuel. Thank, thank you, Ryan. Sounds very serious. Can, can you everyone should pull over and listen when you're talking? Well, it's kind of crazy. Like, when I hear your voice now, I feel like you could do, like, a lot of sad death kind of things. So, very dark. Yeah, can you do, like, Zach Gelb has passed away. Zach Gelb has passed away. Hickey, I'm not going to lie. When I die, I think I want Emmanuel to speak at my funeral <laughs> and just kind of <laughs> do the, the entire uh, a ceremony. What is it like a eulogy? Yeah, eulogy. Yeah. You can eulogize yeah. me. <laughs> I'll write the eulogy. Here well, someone else Zach can write Gell, it. I'll deliver it. This bloviating jackass of a talk show host <laughs> will not be missed. <laughs> <laughs> can you give me a hot take? Hickey never gets any takes right. Hot take? Hickey never gets any takes right. <laughs> can you give me? Penn State football is going to lose to Michigan. Penn State football is going to lose to Michigan. (laughs) Hickey, anything you want him to say? Do you know who Sam Elliott is? Sounds familiar. I think when he passes away, you could step in his his shoes. As a big, deep voice guy, maybe be the the voice for Coors. Your voice kind of sounds very similar. Oh, it's like the the banquet beer. There we go. He has a great mustache. Great must Emmanuel, I don't know if you can grow any facial hair, but otherwise, it, you'd be perfect. Do you know when Sam Elliott's birthday is? No idea. August 9th. I share the same birthday as him. I'm July 30th. Ah. So we're within spitting distance of one another. I don't think anyone listening really cares about your birthday or my birthday. No, not at all. Uh, so, Hickey, what could we get Emmanuel to say right before we go to the break? I, I feel like you have something creative up your sleeves here. Penn State will win this year's national championship. No, 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 no. no. That, that's Penn like State too happy. 2023 national champs, Emmanuel. Yeah, hey, okay, fine. All right. Penn State 2023 national champions. You ruined the, you ruined the whole thing. That there was, we go. That was horrible. You that just sounded ruined the kid's tremendous. Career. You just ruined Emmanuel's career. That, that wasn't good for Right him. now, that's a take of mine. Like, I, that's yeah. an attribute to me. <laughs> that false take. Nice job, Emmanuel. <laughs> way, to, way to speak it into existence. Do you do any commercials? I don't. I'm not connected to VO industry at all. Man, you're exactly right, Hickey. 
He could do like the most interesting man. What were those commercials? Oh, Dosakis. Yeah, Dosakis. Stay thirsty, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> Can you give me a deep, stay, like real deep, stay thirsty, my friends? Stay thirsty, my friends. Now you got to go deeper than that. Stay thirsty, my friends. All right, we'll work on it. Yeah, we got to work on it. Work that, on it. that was forced. We'll, we'll workshop it. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. You're listening to The Zach Gelb Show. All right, it's Zach Gelb Show on CBS Sports Radio. So I'm looking ahead at all the college football games this weekend. Tomorrow night, you have Utah and Oregon State. Uh, you have USC, Colorado on Saturday. Florida, Kentucky on Saturday. Georgia, Auburn on Saturday. Game I'll be at Michigan, Nebraska. You have Kansas and Texas. LSU, Ole Miss. Um, Notre Dame, Duke. South Carolina, Tennessee, Alabama, Mississippi State, some of the games this weekend in college football. What's the one that you're most excited for? And I'm actually going to go Florida, Kentucky. Kentucky's only a one-point favorite in this game. You know, they bring in Devin Leary. Florida, to start the season, uh, they had that loss early on to Utah, 24-11. to 11, And it was like, all right, what the heck is Billy Napier doing? And then they bounce back to beat Tennessee. I just don't know what to expect from either of those football teams. I'm a big fan of Mark Stoops. And I feel as if Vegas has no clue what to expect. Uh, I kind of think the right play here is Kentucky minus the one point. Because I think a lot of people will just see up. Oh, Florida's ranked. Kentucky's not. Even though Florida's 3-1 and one and Kentucky's 4-0. And I think people will just take Florida probably on the money line instead of just plusing the one point because it's irrelevant and they'll end up taking Florida on the money line. I got to check what the money line is, but that would be my my kind of gut feeling on that. Uh, so that game, I think it's going to be very close right down to the wire. So I'm curious to see what's going to transpire between Florida and Kentucky. We talked to this conference before, so I'll go in here, the Pac-12. I'm going to go Oregon State, Utah, Friday night too. So nice little great game. Um, nice little Friday night, um, isolated window game, Utah on the road with Cam Rising, maybe without Cam Rising, if Cam Rising plays, how limited will he be? Probably pretty limited, um, going against, uh, Oregon State and DJ Ui Ungale, kind of an elimination game feel for Oregon State in the sense of you drop two conference games in a row, turns at least being a Pac-12 champ, um, probably, you know, dashes your hopes there, so kind of can separate, the true contenders in this one will be a lot of fun on Friday night. Does Auburn give Georgia a fight? Auburn last week lost to Texas A&M 27-10. Wouldn't that be so college football where no one expects Auburn to show up this week and they find a way to show up and keep the game close? Preseason, I thought this was going to be Georgia's hardest, uh, hardest test. Wow. You watch Auburn's uh, games on offense of the first four weeks, no. No test. I like Notre Dame-Duke this weekend. I think that's going to be a fun game. I'll tell you, Kansas and, and Texas is going to be a good one too. I would plus the points there with Kansas. I think Texas will prevail, but I would plus the points there uh, with Kansas. And there's going to be intrigue with USC, Colorado, because USC's defense stinks. So it's going to be how many points can the Buffaloes put up in a spot where no one's going to be picking them after getting embarrassed by Oregon. 
I actually think that Colorado is going to keep the game close. And I picked Colorado to beat USC a few weeks ago, 41 to 38. So why not? I'll bleep it. We'll stick with the prediction. KJ Wright next. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.